Welcome to the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast, a Ball Blast football production. Here are your hosts, Matthew Betts, Matt Okada, and John Helmkamp. Oh my gosh, it is happening. It is finally happening. We are back together at once, the three of us. Matt Okada, John Helmkamp. The energy is high, guys. I don't even know like who you look like, like what you are. Like, I, what? Who are you guys on the the screen right now on YouTube? Because Okada went from wearing a snapback in ninety seven percent of the video slash podcast, yes, to now wearing a sweatshirt and a beanie. John and I are still holding down our usual looks, but fellas, I've missed you. I've missed talking football with you guys. It's been a few weeks. We haven't talked since, gosh, like mid been december like right before the holidays I, I just how are you guys yeah and i don't even know if we were all on for a pod around then i think it might have been like early december since we've all three been here so this is lovely to be back it's good to be back as they say. uh i'm doing great i uh unlike some learned that my team would not be in the playoffs a long time ago so my hope was not high, and therefore I do not have recently dash hopes, and I'm looking forward to the future. Very optimistic of you, Okada. <laughs> I mean, we're not going to have Cam Newton a quarterback, so it can only get better. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I can, I can tell you, is spoiler alert to our top twelve quarterbacks, which is what we're talking about today. He's not in them. <laughs> yeah, no, hey, don't ruin it for the people. Gosh, he almost made it. Um, so close. Yeah, man. Hey, at least your team, like, you knew what to expect. Like, for me, I was like, yeah, like, maybe we'll get in. But, like, does it matter? No. And now they don't have a head coach. We don't have a quarterback. We have two quarterbacks. You also, by result, have none. Like, we, it's just a, a complete mess. And then we, John, lost their OC in Seattle. Uh, oh, hang in there, buddy. Firing. Um, yeah, I, I, listen, I've, I've been having... A lot of internal strife about the future outlook of the Seahawks this week. Um, it's not great, Bob. It's it's not it's not great. I, I remember talking in the preseason when we were when we were looking forward to this season of football and making predictions and things like that. And I remember saying this team is like perilously close to just falling off the face of the earth. Like I remember that gone. Like just completely gone. We gave up our next two first-round picks for Jamal Adams, which is great when he's been healthy and on the field. But if something happens to him and that asset goes away, and then we don't have the firsts, and we're in a terrible cap situation with Russell Wilson, and we have a massive philosophical difference between the head coach and the GM, um, who, by the way, I wrote an article for Deadspin about how John Schneider is killing the Seahawks. And they effing extended him the next day. And <laughs> Saw that. I was like, you've got, you got to him. Be right now. Um, so, yeah, it's it's just tough. And, and, I mean, you've got Pete Carroll coming out right after the season. It, it was like it, it was like he was like, we're going to try this fun new thing where we let Russell Wilson run the offense. And, and then he was like, no, 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 no. We can't do that. And, like, rein it all the way back in. And that was way too much dead. fun. You can't do that it again. It was way too much. No, 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 no. I'd rather win by four than by 20. Um, he's come out and said, we're going to run the ball heavily next year. 
um, like it's been a philosophical difference after meeting with Brian Schottenheimer. They had a philosophical difference in terms of what this offense is going to look like, which is why Schottie's no longer the offense coordinator. I am very, very scared for all of my Seahawk fantasy assets. I think that next year is going to go all the way back to 2012 Seahawk football. I don't know who the running oh, back is no. going to be or if there's going to be two of them, but it's it, it's going to be the Ravens and the Seahawks for the most run-heavy offenses in the NFL. The only difference is that the Seahawks are going to do it in a way that's completely unimaginative, unlike Baltimore. So, and also their I'm defense is not good, which makes it less Oh, viable. no. No, the, the only reason that that team worked and won was because they got lucky in three consecutive drafts and put together an elite defense, like an all-time great defense. And John Schneider is still riding those coattails seven years after his last good draft class. And it, it doesn't add up. It, it doesn't work. This team needs to be stripped down and, and going in a different direction from a coaching standpoint, not a getting rid of Russell Wilson standpoint, but a coaching standpoint and and inject this thing with some life because you don't have an elite all-time defense like you did in the early, you know, 2012, 2013 years. So anyways, there's my diatribe. Clearly it's been a while since we've been on the mic because I really needed yeah. to get that off the list. No, um, and I just wanted to let it happen because, yeah. uh, I mean, hey, listen, we're going to talk about Russell Wilson in a few minutes. Several minutes. Uh, a lot of the argument as to where he is in our ranks has to do with that little three minutes uh, snippet right there. So that'll make the Russell Wilson talk a lot easier because I guarantee <laughs> you that he would be higher in ranks if not for the moves and the comments recently this past week. But yep. fellas, like we like we've said, you know, it's it's the off season, it's dynasty season. Like this is the plan moving forward. Okay, this is the content schedule. Top twelve dynasty quarterbacks on today's show. Ooh. Next week, running backs. Week Ooh. after. Let's go wide receivers just to stay consistent. Oh, Tight ends the following week, which there will be like three that we actually care about. And <laughs> then we get into officially rookie season. Does that sound good? Let's go. Ma, 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 ma. Oh, I'm, I'm so excited. Here for it. Oh, I'm so ready. I'm so ready for this draft class. And at some point, once we finally have all the information as far as uh, new coaching hires, obviously we know who's been fired and all that sort of stuff. But once we have all that information... It's kind of messy to like talk about what do we think is going to happen? Well, it doesn't matter because in three weeks we're going to know. So we'll wait and we'll talk about that stuff as coaches get hired. All that fun stuff to be had. Reminder, you can find us on social media at RetroitsFFPod. Don't forget to check out Patreon, patreon.com slash ballblast. And of course, if you're on YouTube, if you're not, you're doing it wrong. If you are, please subscribe. Hit the like button. We'd really, really appreciate it. All right, fellas. Tonight on the show, top 12 Dynasty quarterback rankings. Now that we have a full 2020 season in the rearview mirror to digest the information, see what happened, we're going to start off with our consensus number one quarterback. And this is going to shock the world, Patrick Mahomes. Now, I don't really want to spend too much time talking about Mahomes in and of himself, unless you guys have something specific that you want to say, because the story is he's the best quarterback in the NFL. He's young. He's legit. The offense is amazing. He's got weapons. Is there anything else that you two would like to say? Not really. Nothing doesn't have to do with what I'm about to say <laughs> about the next guy. Yes, that's where that, that's that's where I was going to go to. The only thing that I'm going to add to the Patrick Mahomes conversation is that when you're looking at at rankings like this, it's not all about ceiling, but you're also looking at floor. 
And for me, Patrick Mahomes is the safest, highest floor quarterback in the NFL. Like he's back in like prime Aaron Rodgers years where you're like, the dude's going to be top five at the end of next season, maybe top one. Like it's going to be somewhere in that range, like no matter what, unless there's an injury or something catastrophic happens. That's why I think that he is ultra safe in a conservative lock number one. Yes, 100% agree with that. However, Okada maybe does not. In the consensus ranks, he is our one. He is John's one. He is my one. He is Okada's two. And I'm not even sure what to say. So I'm just going to give the floor to Okada to tell our listeners why why he's not number one, why it is Kyler Murray. Uh, It is Kyler Murray. Um, You can look over my left shoulder if you're on YouTube to understand why. Not really. The real reason why is simply this, guys. Kyler Murray this was dude better. I won just because he owned a piece of merchandise. Yeah, well, the guy behind <laughs> your shoulder. That's the case. Stinks. I've got a Carson Wentz jersey. He's my one. <laughs> uh, this is what it boils down to, guys. Okay, first ten weeks of the season, okay. right? We all know what happened <laughs> in week ten. A douchebag <laughs> fell on Kyler Murray's shoulder and ruined what was on track to be the greatest fantasy season of all time. Until that point, Kyler was averaging 29.3 fantasy points per game, which was the best in the league over that span and remains or would remain the best in the league over the full season had it not been for the following streak of games in which Kyler was dealing with an injured shoulder. I do not expect him to be dealing with that injured shoulder over the coming years. Therefore, I expect from him what we saw from him over the first 10 weeks, which is best fantasy quarterback of all time. Not just of current dynasty rankings, not just of 2020, the greatest fantasy quarterback we've ever seen. He was out of control. I believe he had 10 rushing touchdowns in those first 10 weeks, if I'm not mistaken. I think he finished with 11 or 12 because he stopped running after that injury, which is the key. And that's not going to happen again. Well, he could get injured again, but we don't rely on that shoulder moving forward. Moreover, and this is the one thing I'll say about Mahomes and the comparison, because When it boils down to it, John's point is very important, which is that Patrick Mahomes' floor is higher than Kyler Murray's, which gives a good reason to rank Mahomes higher. However, I think that the ceiling for Kyler Murray is not yet reached, and I think Patrick Mahomes' ceiling, it could be argued, has already been reached, and this is the reason why. Patrick Mahomes has been playing in an offense that rivals Peyton Manning in 2013, Tom Brady in 2007, these groups of offensive players that are all-time unbelievable, great combos of offensive skill position players. Travis Kelsey is 31 years old. He's still playing great, but he's about to hit a downswing at some point, for sure. Even Tony Gonzalez and Antonio Gates started hitting a downswing around this time. Tyreek Hill is going to be a free agent in two years. Sammy Watkins is going to be a free agent after next year. Yes. No, next year. He's not on contract next year. No, yes. no, that is correct. I don't, I don't the, think the, yes, twenty twenty one free agent. The yeah. the um what year, what year is it? It is <laughs> now twenty twenty one. The unity of of brilliant talent that he has had around him, it is not going to be sustainable. I do not believe because it hasn't been sustainable for any other offense in the history of the game. The seasons he's had have been seasons like those. 2013 Manning, 2007 Brady's, 
because in those seasons, though, they had these kinds of guys. At some point, I think that we are going to see Mahomes be a little bit less than what he's been because he doesn't have the greatest tight end in the league in his prime and one of the most explosive receivers to ever play the game uh, on, on contract, potentially. We'll see what they do. Meanwhile, Kyler Murray finally got a legitimate weapon in DeAndre Hopkins, but beyond that, he still didn't really have much. So I think that there is still room to grow around Kyler Murray. Put those two things together and take the fact that I don't think Kyler's going to be injured like this and ruining his fantasy season because of it anymore, and I put Kyler above Patrick Mahomes. I, I don't I don't hate it. Like, I'm not going to sit here and yell at you and say that that's a stupid take because it's not. I think that what we saw to Kyler Murray was exactly what we all talked about in the preseason, which is mm. why we were very, very aggressive in ranking him as like quarterback three, quarterback four for dynasty purposes in the preseason after, you know, we were projecting what we thought we were going to saw, which was an elite, well-rounded quarterback that was Lamar Jackson, but can also pass. Ah. And that is what we started to see out of Kyler. Um, I'm very proud of you for your adamant love for him. Um, and I'm proud of us for all looking at that in the preseason and accurately projecting that one out. Um, so I don't hate it at all. For me, I just I don't feel as safe with him as I do with Patrick Mahomes, which is the only reason that I put him mm-hmm. at two instead of one. But he has launched himself into elite company, um, and I'm right there with you. I, I have to interject. I just got a trade offer in a league just came across like right now. Um, where I where I get Derrick Henry for my Clyde Edwards Hiller, and wow. I accepted that so fast. Yeah, I yes, can't. Wow. I would like I if you saw me jump. Like, I did see that actually. Ago, it was like, oh, <laughs> with John. Yeah, uh, had to had to accept that one before he withdrew it. So, anyways, happy Derrick Henry Day. Um, uh, yes. Also, just as a side note, in case anyone who's listening believes that I'm doing this for the fanfare. I traded Patrick Mahomes for Kyler Straight Murray. Straight up. In a Straight up, game. you did. And I am in that league, and I can confirm. I love it. Yeah, the commitment to Kyler is uh, is impressive by Mr. Okada. But the points that you're making, I totally understand. And if you ask me over the next five years that there was going to be, you know, if you had to pick one guy that's going to finish as, as the quarterback one or finish above the other guy, let's say, and you said pick one, and someone else said it's going to be Kyler, and someone else said no, it's going to be Mahomes. I would say, yeah, that makes sense. So I think they're one A, one B, in my opinion. Um, I will say the other thing too is that I don't think we've actually seen the real ceiling of Kyler Murray. That like this has been amazing this year, but for the love of God, Cliff Kingsbury, let DeAndre Hopkins run anything other than a hitch route, and that is going to open up the offense even more to allow Kyler to run with his legs and make the offense better as a whole. So. Uh, also, side note, for the love of God, also, Cliff, please stop running Kenyon Drake into the back of the lineman for a two-yard run in between the tackles. Every single first and 10 from the eight-yard line this season is so frustrating to see. So there is even more room for improvement for Kyler, it's, which is honestly insane to say given the year he had. It's almost like Cliff doesn't understand that Kenyon Drake is one of the fastest running backs in the NFL. Like, y'all, y'all yeah. understand this? Like, when he's fully healthy... That dude can scoot like very, yes. very quickly. 
Um, get him to the edge. Play space. That's what that offense is predicated on. But, yeah, the DeAndre Hopkins usage down the stretch was uh, beyond infuriating. Um, yeah. And I wonder if it was more of like a safety thing because of the injuries to Kyler where they were like, we need to give him a security blanket, like a quick outlet sort of thing. I, I don't know, but hopefully they they open that up more next week. Yeah. Either way, one and two, Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, consensus. All right, fellas, on to number three. And the way the consensus scoring kind of works out, this is, it sounds silly because we don't actually have this player at three. We all have this player at four, but he is our consensus three. It is Joshua freaking Allen, who absolutely came out and proved all the haters wrong. I mean, what a season, honestly. Um, If it wasn't for Aaron Rodgers having just arguably the best season of his career, um, he would have won the MVP. Like, I don't think any of us would have seen that in the range of outcomes for Josh Allen three years ago. And I remember distinctly talking about this player and saying lots of negative things, but my mind has completely changed. He's locked in. They went out and got Steph Diggs to kind of secure the wide receiver one role. Uh, He adds a ton of value with his legs. The offense is extremely pass heavy. It checks all the boxes. So for me, having him at four, you guys are are right there as well. I could have put him at three and not thought twice about it. I also could have been at five. So he's in that three to five range with these next two guys that we're going to talk about. But Josh Allen, freaking love him as a QB1. I recall this summer, Okada, you and I did a Dynasty Startup mock draft. I forget what, what John was doing. Uh, too cool to hang out with us, obviously. Hmm. But we were doing a... a we, we drafted the team together, a Dynasty Startup. And he fell to us at like quarterback 10, 11, 12 value. I can't remember what it was. Somewhere in that range, oh. we were like, do you feel comfortable with him as your quarterback one for the next five years? We both said, yes, smash the, the draft button. So it's good to see that, that work out. And he is just an absolute... Fantasy monster this season. Fellas, your thoughts on Mr. Josh Allen? Um, I mean, really, what it boils down to is the offensive turnaround. They were trying to be a run-first team for the first couple years of his career. And they didn't, to be fair, they didn't really have the receivers to do anything else. And then they went out and got Stephon Diggs. And underratedly, Cole Beasley had his best season out of the slot in his entire That's career. The NFL. Yeah. Um, that's actual facts, unlike Lady <laughs> on Bell, who's terrible at it. Uh, and Brian Dable is very possibly going to get a head coaching job out of the work he did with this offense. So, for first of all, I hope that doesn't mess up the offense if he does go get a head coaching job. But sure, I don't that, that is going to be key to see because McDermott is more of a defensive guy. It is, and he'll have to try, probably try and go and get a decent offensive coordinator to make up for that. However, whoever he gets will probably just run whatever Dable did because of how well it worked. So that doesn't concern me too much. But yeah, I mean, we saw a ton from Josh Allen. He took a big step forward. And he, like when we're looking at these quarterbacks and we're ranking them for dynasty, it's helpful to say what room is there to grow or what room is there to fall back. So like on the last two guys, I talked about Mahomes having room to fall back and Kyler having maybe a little room to grow. Josh Allen still has room to grow as a passer, in my opinion. Because like he took a huge step forward this year, but even that <laughs> compared to where he was just means that he like came into the top 10 area. He could be a guy who takes another step forward and becomes one of the best just pure passers in the league. And he already is looking incredible. So if that happens, you're looking at a guy who's maybe challenging the top two we just named. And really, he already is. One of the things that I love about Josh Allen is that I I feel like this year with him having an elite wide receiver in Stephon Diggs, 
um, who, by the, way, elite, by the way, kudos, truly elite, truly like yeah. you cannot have a, a top five wide receiver in the NFL discussion without Stefan Diggs being in the conversation. Facts. That is what he has done. The step he has taken since leaving Minnesota, he and Josh Allen both help. Like they, it was the whole rising tides lifts all boat things for those two. Like mm. they needed each other to both get to where they are now. And it's this amazing symbiotic relationship where they've helped each other grow and, and done wonderful things. What we've seen out of Josh Allen is a young, big armed quarterback turn into a smart NFL quarterback. We've seen him grow in the mental side of the, of things and understanding defenses, making good decisions, reading what the defense is giving him. He looks like a savvy vet out there now. And yeah, there's still a couple things here and there, but for the most part, we're seeing great decision-making to go with one of the strongest arms in the NFL and having a top five wide receiver. He has done amazing things this year to grow. Um, I'm, I'm incredibly happy for him and for Bills fans. And, and it's going to be fun to watch his development going forward, especially if they get like another, like, top wide receiver two talent guy like Beasley's been great and John Brown is great, but John Brown's getting older. So like, it wouldn't really surprise me if we saw either Gabriel Davis, like really step into that role next year, mm. or if they even addressed it again in the draft in like the third, fourth round area, not super high, but this is a really deep wide receiver draft. So I think this offense, yeah, still has room to grow like Okada was saying and, and Josh Allen does with it. I like it. Uh, as we're talking about the bills, I think Gabe Davis is a screaming buy in Dynasty. Probably should have oh, gone already this season. Love, love what I've seen from him. And he's kind of been that direct replacement for John Brown. Like when Brown's out, Davis is in. And he's playing like 85% of the snaps, running a ton of routes. So he's the dude slotting in there if they would ever move on from Smoke Brown. Um, but man, I just gotta just gotta pour one out for my plus three <laughs> 3,300 odds ticket on Josh Allen to win the MVP. I'm sick about it. I, I remember what happened, okay? In March. We did that extremely long, like four hour oh, yeah. with all of uh, Okada's home so NFL network, uh, all of our so friends good. in the industry. It was awesome. We need to, we need to remember, do it again. We need it again. Yes, we will. We will do like, it. Post NFL draft. We need, to, we need to make it happen. Benny Heisler came on the show. Mm. He was talking about Steph Diggs and how important it was for Josh Allen's deep ball accuracy. And I was like, man, Ben's a sharp guy. I could see that actually happening. Plus 3,300 odds. I was like, <laughs> yeah, or 20 bucks on it. Like, what the heck? God, Aaron Rodgers. Okay. All right. <laughs> moving on. I am sick about it. Our, hey, uh, it, was three... good, it was good process. Process over results. Yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> What's we call ourselves? John and I are best friends on this one. Okada, you need to explain yourself, my man. We have Lamar Jackson as our consensus four. Okada is at seven, like a hater. John wow. and I are at three. So, Okada, what gives, dude? Yeah, this is pretty wild, actually. Um... You wild, man. Yeah, I am wild. Listen, this is what it boils down to for Lamar Jackson, okay? Oh, he I knew not, that was coming. I he is not the better. passer that everyone else on this list is. And when I say everyone else, I mean literally everyone else in, that we're going to mention in the top 12. He is worse as a passer than players. Everyone. Now, there's no denying the fact that he is a elite rusher among the two best quarterbacks at, in the league and probably ever. Well, Michael Vick is certainly in the conversation, but uh, to at rushing the ball. 
However, the Bills, or the Bills, the Ravens are also very good at running the ball with everybody else, which means he's not going to rush for 2,000 yards, nor is any quarterback ever. He's going to maybe rush for 1,000, which is incredible. Most likely, he'll probably settle into like an 800 to 900 consistent range, I would guess. But without that passing upside, and we saw it this year after his disgusting 2019 touchdown rate evaporated into thin air, which we knew that it would and told you all that it would, he dropped down to, on average this year per game, quarterback nine. I haven't ranked as quarterback seven, so that's better. And the uh, the guys ahead of him do not include some guys that we think could take a step forward, like Joe Burrow. Lamar Jackson is going to be a top 10 quarterback every year for the next eight years, probably, because his rushing is so good. However, what we're seeing and what we will see with this almost this entire list is that to be a top quarterback in fantasy now, you have to be a good passer and a good rusher. In fact, side note, Patrick Mahomes is the only guy in our top six who's not a really good rusher. He can scramble, though. He can scramble, but but I'm saying like a 500 yard about a guy that's like seven touchdowns yeah. rush for like 40 to 50 yards a game. Exactly. So yeah. that's another reason to maybe question Patrick Mahomes because this is the way the league is going. Everyone to be a great fantasy quarterback is going to be a great passer and a great rusher. Lamar Jackson is a great rusher, the best arguably, but he is not an amazing passer. He's an okay passer, I would say. So, I mean, he was the quarterback nine. I don't know what you want from me. I have him as quarterback seven. I like a lot of the guys behind him much more moving forward. We did say he was going to regress. So I, I hear that point. To me, with Lamar Jackson, though, like you look at the, the names on the list, and outside of Kyler Murray, I mean, like there's no one else on this list that they build the offense around to run the football at the quarterback position. Those are the two guys. Sure. So I'm looking at his game logs right now. The first half of the season, I don't know what was up with Baltimore. The offense was not right. They tried to make him more of a passer. They said, we're going to pull you back, Lamar. And then the second half of the season, after he came off the COVID IR list, remember that week 13, like random Wednesday night game or whatever, Tuesday night against Dallas. They were like, is he fit enough to run? Like, what is the situation? He comes out and he smashed for like 90 rushing yards and he was the same old Lamar Jackson. Ever since then, he's just kind of been back to being Lamar. And every quarterback in the NFL for the entire career, every position is going to have periods in their career where they're just not the same player and things look a little off and whatever. And it kind of regresses to the mean. So maybe Kyler's not what we saw in the first half. Maybe he's not even really what we saw in the second half, but if he's somewhere in between those two, it's a top five quarterback in fantasy to me. So I, I just value the rushing so much more. I mean, it seriously is such a cheat code that I just know they're going to let Lamar run as much as he wants to for the next two to four years. And that's really what we care about. In fantasy, so that's why I have him at three. Yeah, and to go along with that, um, since week twelve, on a points per game basis, um, take a stab at where Lamar Jackson is in terms of fantasy points per game at the quarterback position. Probably one, one. or two, yeah, because he's been rushing for like ninety yards a game. One, yep. he is the number one quarterback since week 12 like Betts was saying to start the year it looked a little dysfunctional they and again you got to give a little bit of slack to 2020 because of all the COVID crap that these teams had to go through and Baltimore no more than any other team in the NFL they they were being just jerked all over the place they had 
like up to like 22 players at one point yep. on the COVID reserve list. In the RG3 um, week. The RG3 week, you had games like being yeah. rescheduled and pushed all over the place for like a month straight. And he still was quarterback nine to Okada's point during all of that. When they got back to normal and when they got healthy and when they were starting to run their game plan and their system over the last six weeks, if we saw this Lamar Jackson for the entire season, he's an MVP candidate. There's no doubt about it. What he's been doing over the last six weeks has been dominant. We've been seeing it again. I know that for fantasy purposes, we don't care about the NFL playoffs, but that run that he put down last week was just, I am better than anyone else on the field and I'm housing it from like 50 yards out. Like there, there was no touching him. He was just, I'm better than you and I am going to dominate you in this way. And I think that that is the Lamar Jackson that we have. And I do think that there is still room to grow as a passer. I don't think that we've seen just the absolute ceiling for him as a passer. I think that that can improve. And I think that as they continue to maybe build out some of the weapons around him, I mean, they had to freaking call up Des Bryant off the practice squad off the street to be a wide receiver. Hey, hey. Once I get it because his daughter, and I I know the story. (laughs) But if remember when he retired because he was drinking wine that night on Twitter after he oh yeah that was that was a wonderful Twitter (laughs) and then unretired the next day yeah he was just like I'm sorry I made a mistake I was being emotional and I'm I'm still playing football yeah okay guys if they get another wide receiver and they don't have to invest highly in it because it's not their system and what they are predicated on is having elite wide receiver options but this 2021 class is so good and if they can get someone else to operate as the X that that they think can can produce and, and post those kind of numbers when they need it to give some of the play action opportunities. Um, outside of Hollywood Brown, who actually has been really good down the back half of the season, as much as I hated on him. Um, I, I do think that we're going to see more out of Lamar, and I think that he's a safe top five option. For the record, you mentioned in passing, they don't have to invest too highly. They should absolutely invest too highly. That'd because be great. Their, their running game I is set up. First of all, you don't need a, a good running back to have a good running game. <laughs> so, and but they have one and a young one. Well, they, they, have, they, they got two. Exactly. Exactly. Don't and one of them is in gust bus. So that proves the point that you don't need to get pay a, pay up to get a good running back. They have a good defense. They're set at quarterback. If they go out and get an actual one, which I understand, that Marquise Brown has had a lot of touchdowns in the last few weeks, but he's not a one. Get him out of my face. I still don't think, think he's very yeah. good. You and me, simpatico, sir. Yes. I if they go out and get a one, like I understand they want to be a run first offense, but why not be a run first offense where you also have a dominant wide receiver one who can open up the field like a Rashad play action in? threat? Yeah. Like something like, like that. that out of Minnesota? That'd be. Oh. Give me that. Give me that. <laughs> All right, fellas. I feel like we've been really positive, and I want to continue to be positive about this player. However, I don't know what to say about the future of this player because we don't know where he's going to be playing. Ooh. The team has completely screwed the pooch on this one. Mr. Deshaun Watson is not happy with the Texans after they sent away DeAndre Hopkins. Poor choice. They decided to 
do some things maybe behind his back or just not be on the same page as far as hiring a GM and all that sort of stuff. Obviously, we know the story with uh, B.O.B., Mr. Bill O'Brien kind of just blowing this team up and sending them in the wrong direction. But all those things to say, Deshaun Watson is just insanely good. Mm. I can't like even put into words. Like, can you imagine that team without him? They would literally be 0 and 16. Mm-hmm. They were four and twelve with him this year. With and he played the best football of his career this season. Set career highs in passing yards, completion percentage, passing touchdowns, career low in interceptions, yards per attempt was the best of his career. No DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller out for half the year. Randall Cobb, he man, he's whatever, but he wasn't on the field. Kenny Stills hurt and then released. Who was he throwing the ball to? Like Brandon Cooks was it? I have no idea. He was, insane so free to sean watson get this man in miami let's go but he's our five our consensus five we've been talking about that that has been a thing i actually think uh that you and i reported that hypothetical situation uh before it started swirling around the interwebs Um, per source correct i I would love that per sauce yes um I feel like that seems a little unlikely. The fact that they did go out and get a GM who's had a lot of at least team success, whether you argue that he's actually any good. And in fact, for the record, the Patriots have not been very good at drafting for the last couple decades. So yeah. I don't know if you really should be that, that excited about being a serial. Awful. Yes. All but teams are so bad. But the, one of the first things he did was go and set up an interview with Eric Bieniemy, which Deshaun I... Watson, yes. It very well may have been a, a palm branch and not an actual intended. Yes, <laughs> John is making sign language for words that we can't say. But <laughs> uh, in any case, the point is that the efforts are being made clearly to appease Deshaun Watson. You could say one could argue. I think it's probable that he stays there. Here's the other thing I'll say, and I, I, it's what it's the thought that came to my mind when Betts was talking about how good Deshaun Watson has been in the situation. I think it is 100% arguable that Deshaun Watson is as good a quarterback as Patrick Mahomes. Absolutely. 100%. I don't Patrick Mahomes I don't was that for a second. Dropped into Andy Reid's system. Andy Reid, arguably the second greatest coach of all time, I'm beginning to believe, with an offensive line that has wow. kept him protected while Deshaun Watson is consistently the most sacked quarterback in the league and is out here with Travis Kelsey. Sam, uh, we've been over the list. It's been incredible for Patrick. Deshaun Watson has been dealing with doo-doo. And this year, extra doo-doo because he lost DeAndre Hopkins, which was the only not doo-doo he ever had. And he was still incredible. So when we're talking about room to grow, he certainly has it. From a team standpoint, he's already extremely talented. He's not going to get any better. But his team could certainly get better around him. Do I have faith that it will? Not necessarily, but even if it doesn't, he's still a top five quarterback. And if it does, we you could be looking at, you know, quarterback one upside. There are a few things in the NFL um, that piss me off currently more than Houston wasting the prime of Deshaun Watson. Facts. Um, they don't it, deserve it. They don't. It angers me, which is why I hope they trade him. I hope they do. Like, get him somewhere that will actually surround him with talent. Miami has the draft capital. They ironically have Houston's own first-round draft pick. Mm. So send that and Tua plus in a package over to Houston in exchange for Deshaun Watson. 
put him with a team that actually has a good defense, a good culture, a good coach, a good front office with a lot of draft capital that's working to improve and put him in a good cap situation with Allen Robinson and then use a first round pick on freaking Jamar Chase and, and load that Woo! offense up and let it fly. Like I, I, that, that would be my dream, like fever dream scenario. I don't think it's going to happen. I think the likely scenario is that he stays like Okada said, but again, he showed this year, he was the quarterback six on the season with absolute crap. This is as bad as it's going to get from a team surrounding environment standpoint on Watson. I hope that this new GM, I, I hope that he can pull a rabbit out of the hat and somehow do something to either help protect or put weapons around ideally both Deshaun Watson this coming year so that Watson can at least go, okay, we're climbing out. There's some hope we can, we can make some headway like JJ Watt trade him to a, a, a Super Bowl candidate team and try to get a first back like, or a second or something like that. I, I don't know. This, this GM has got a tall order in front of him because of how bad Bill O'Brien screwed this team over. Um, but Deshaun Watson right now is at a floor from a talent perspective. And he was the quarterback six. Like, I, I don't know what else you want to see from the guy. The dude's a superstar and he deserves to get an opportunity to show that and cement himself as one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Also worth mentioning, uh, while I did say that Deshaun Watson has been one of the most sacked quarterbacks in the league, and part of that is his offensive line being doo-doo, while Patrick Mahomes is well protected, one of the areas that he can absolutely grow is getting rid of the ball instead of taking the sack. Because yeah. that's one of his biggest flaws and one of the reasons he's sacked so often. If they bring in a good head coach, because – Keep in mind, this entire team's authority is being reshuffled. If they bring in a good head coach who can train him up in that instead of B.O.B., who's was doo-doo, that could be a, a big step for him because, it, you know, instead of taking a sack, he's making quick throws, which means more production. He's right. taking less hits, which means more health. Good all around, if, he, if that yep. can happen. Yep. I agree. I mean, we saw, we saw Baker Mayfield go through that this year. They bring in mm-hmm. – um, um, Kevin Stefanski and Stefanski has been great from a cultural perspective in Cleveland from everything about it. They're in the playoffs. They won their first playoff game in a long time. You see what a good head coach can do to an organization that has talent. And what we're seeing out of Baker Mayfield is quick decision-making and mm-hmm. getting that ball out. They were going mm-hmm. against Pittsburgh. Who's one of the best defensive fronts in the NFL and the dude was getting rid of it in like 2.8 seconds, like every single time. That's what Deshaun Watson needs to do is not try to play hero ball every single time he drops back and scramble for eight seconds and try to make a miracle happen. You got to make quicker decisions and live to fight another down. And I think that a good coach can come in and set that tone for him. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It's going to be interesting to see what this next year looks like. Indeed. All right, fellas, that is the top five. We are on to quarterback six. It is Dak Prescott. Comes in at seven for me, six for John, and Okada all the way up at three. I'll explain, I guess, why I'm low. I put that in air quotes. Low on on Dak Prescott, and it's two things. One is I just want to kind of see what the team does as far as do they actually get him locked up to a deal long term? Is he there on a franchise tag? Like, what is Dak Prescott? 
the other issue is, and, and I do think he makes a complete full recovery, but I just want to see how he looks in the summer, kind of see how he recovers and, and see what he looks like. But I have full confidence he'll be back to himself as far as his ankle issue that he obviously had last year. The other piece of the puzzle is we often see defenses sort of progress and then regress year to year back and forth. It's very rare that there is a legion of boom in the NFL for five years. That just doesn't happen. So this Dallas defense... Oh my God, were they bad? And it was perfect for Dak Prescott. They had to throw literally like 45 times a game, 50 times a game just to like be competitive. So I I don't know if that is going to happen. I hope it does, (laughs) but I don't know that that is going to happen for Dak next year. I wish so badly that we got to see this entire season play out for Dak. Like, they would have got Yeah, like, I, I wish so badly. That we would have gotten to see this perfect fantasy ecosystem for a quarterback to just have to smash week in and week out. It would have been absolutely insane. Um, Well, apparently I have to continue to defend myself because I'm breaking from you guys all over the place. TBH, I think you guys are suffering from some looking at the end of the season rankings consensus because... No. No. Dak Prescott... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> on a per game basis was the best fantasy quarterback okay, last year. Stop it. That's not what Betts or I are saying. I understand how good he was from a fantasy perspective. Okay. When he was there. I'm not sure he's going to be there. Okay. So, so I'm rewarding his like it's all scenario. Here's it's the all thing. scenario when it comes to Dak for me. Here's the thing. He's gonna be there. Okay, Very then he's not fine. When your owner comes out and says that you have leverage, like that is yeah, the I dumbest know. thing I've ever heard. Oh, God, unless you plan that. to sign that player. I mean, even if you plan to sign that player, it's dumb. But they are going to sign Dak Prescott. I I don't know what the odds are, bets, but go put money on because <laughs> they're going to sign this guy. If they don't, they're throwing away everything else that they built and signed in the last few years. Okada, Okada, we've been saying that for. Damn near two years. Okay, well, they use the franchise tag. They they've technically made smart decisions. They can tag they don't him have again. to sign him until yes, technically they could tag him again. But if they tag him again, he's still gonna be there, and then they can sign him after that. The point is they're gonna sign this guy to a long-term deal. If they don't, he's gonna go somewhere where he can still be a great fantasy quarterback because he's good. But I expect him to do so, and I'm gonna rank him as if they will do okay. so and not really even take like maybe the slightest hair off. In fact, I probably did take the slightest hair off because he's down at six, despite the fact that he was the best fantasy quarterback on a per game basis last year. Right now, and at least for the next two or three years, he has arguably one of the best, probably with the Chiefs, the best group of offensive players, uh, skill position players to play with. That uh, We've talked about what that did, what that has done for Patrick Mahomes. It's going to continue doing that for Dak Prescott. He was insane. The defense, to Betts' point, it can get better, but I don't think it's going to get better all of a sudden, which means we're probably going to get one, two, maybe three more years of terrible defense equating to 5,000 yards. I don't even know what his pace was. In fact, you know what? Let's just calculate it right now, right? Because he was averaging 371 per game. 5,000 yards. 5,936 yards. And that's without the last few drives of the game he got hurt. So he would have almost certainly... Been on pace for 6,000 had he played that full game. He was insane. I mean, yes, the defense can get better, but you knock 2,000 passing yards off that and it's still good. And you're not going to have to knock that much off. So 
And by the way, going into last, going into 2020, we were all talking about Dak as a top four fantasy quarterback. Yep. And I think we were a little maybe ahead of general consensus, but that's where we had him. I don't see really any reason to change from that. So, I mean, well, apparently I do because I have been six. So that's on me. But Josh Allen taking a huge step forward. Deshaun Watson proving to me that he can do anything with anyone. I had to put those two guys ahead of him also. But I think he's right there with them. Same tier. Yeah, that makes sense. I get what I get what you're saying completely. Um, I just need to see them lock him up. And yeah, if that just happens, freaking do it. Like, <laughs> do it. Stop just it's saying just... you're gonna do it and actually freaking sign the man to yeah, a long-term deal. He deserves it. Like, poor Jane Slater. She's been on the beat in <laughs> Dallas, being like, waiting and waiting yeah. for a few years. Like, someone tell me there's a contract imminent. Like, please. Um, nah, we're wait. good. We'll give Zeke. Uh, we'll give Zeke ninety mil. Meanwhile, Amari mm, yeah. Cooper will get a cool hundred. Like, let's <sighs> just. Just, Let's pay those people before Dak. Um, I just need to see it get done. And I have so little faith in Jerry Jones that I am not operating under the assumption that he is going to get locked up long term. Well, if it okay. happens, let then me okay. That, well, let me ask you this then, because this is a useful question to both of you guys. Let's say that all of a sudden, surprise move, Jerry comes out tomorrow and say, we've signed Dak to a five-year deal. Does he move up for you guys in how many spots, if so? Yes, you move up. Kyler Murray, Josh Allen. He would only move up one spot for me, honestly. Okay, that's still one spot. Dak might be four for me. Okay, if I know for sure that he's there with CD Lamb, I'd 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 give him some serious consideration at four. Okay, all right, fair enough. So the take-home message is Jerry, just sign the man. Facts. All right. Moving on to quarterback number seven in the consensus ranks, Justin freaking Herbert. What a season. Wow, wow, wow. Number six for myself, for Okada as well. Nine for John, which I'm a little surprised about because I feel like, John, you were a little higher than the rest of us in the pre, well, I guess around draft season, then, of course, uh, over the summer. But talk to us a little bit about why you have Herbert at nine versus where we have him at six. Um, because my internet is, is being absolutely terrible. Um, can you tell me who I have between six and nine? Yes, I will tell you. Uh, you. you have right now Aaron Rodgers. At eight at eight, Russell Wilson, seven, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, six, we're talking about Dak Prescott. Sorry. Yeah. What am I doing? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> at six, you have Dak. At seven, you have Aaron Rodgers. At eight, you have Russell Wilson, nine, yeah. Herbert. And right after. Okay. You um, Basically, I have guys that are essentially just more proven ahead of him. Um, what Herbert did in his rookie season is absolutely incredible. Um, I love Justin Herbert. I love the pairing of him and Keenan Allen. I think that they are phenomenal, and they are going to make sweet, sweet music together for a few years. It's going to be great. Um, Keenan Allen is a locked and loaded wide receiver one because of Justin Herbert, who targeted him like 19 times in one game this year, like Oh my lord, does he have eyes locked on Keenan Allen all the time? It is phenomenal. Um, I love that. I just think that there's a possibility that with Justin Herbert, that there's a little bit of like a swing and like defenses kind of adjust to him and learn him a little bit better. And we're going through a coaching change with the Chargers and things like that. So there's just a little bit more instability there. Um, 
than with the other guys, which kind of made me tamper him down a little bit. Now, to be honest, the we were doing these rankings right before the show and, and talking about the whole Seattle Seahawks situation and things like that. Mm. I might have to go back in mm. and kind of readjust and put Herbert above Russell Wilson. Oh. Oh put the plaque behind you, John. I still yeah, love him. you do that to your boy? I still love him. He won Mr. us a Unlimited? <laughs> it's not his fault. It's not his fault. It's like, it's really not. No. Like, it's not on <laughs> us. It's on this team and the philosophy and everything that they're doing from a coaching perspective. And and it, it was like down the stretch, they went right back to run, run, third and long. Like every freaking time. I've been saying it for five okay. years. I'm sorry, what? Monokata? Russell Wilson is up next. He's not, we're not talking about him. Yes. Yet. Yeah. We can, hey! I think it makes sense to, to talk about that because I agree. If you want stability and you want what you know at a quarterback and you know this guy is going to be a top 10 quarterback, then great. Take Russell Wilson at the spot. But mm-hmm. to me, the yeah. upside at now after the moves that they've made, the comments they made, the actually on the field, what they did running the ball, yeah. how can you take Russell Wilson over Justin Herbert? Because I, like, I, I might have to go back to Russell Wilson being a top five fantasy quarterback. I mean, he'll have spike weeks. Don't get me wrong, but yep. th- that's over if they treat him this way and they kind of use the offense that way. So that's why I have Herbert there. Um, I don't know if you guys want to add anything else on Herbert, but it just what a season. Like, freaking love this kid. And now we're on to Russ next, if you guys don't have anything else to add. Uh, well, very briefly, just continuing the trend of talking about the rooms to grow or regress. Justin yes. Herbert, let's remember, was not considered the most polished prospect coming into this uh, season. Joe Burrow was considered way above him in, in that regard. That means I think Justin Herbert has more room to grow as a NFL quarterback. Additionally, Anthony Lynn, as much as, as much as I kind of don't like to hate on him because he's not like, I feel like he's a likable guy, unlike Adam Gase. Yeah, he's but very he likable. is garbage. He was a yeah. garbage head coach. <laughs> I'm sorry, Anthony. He is gone, and they're going to get somebody else. Whoever it is has to be better unless it's Adam Gase. So that also can only probably mean good things for Justin Herbert and his continued growth. Well, we, we know that it's not going to be Adam Gase because Adam Gase is going to the Eagles. Oh, true. Oh, kill me. Oh, that my God. Kill me. That was great. That's going to happen. Um, if that happens, you guys Justin need to drive to Vermont for a wellness check. <laughs> I will. I will. I'm the closest. Um, I would be there in, I think it's like, 12 hours. <laughs> It'd be um, too late. <laughs> maybe less. It probably would be. Um, but I'll just show up with whiskey and we'll be fine. Um, right, I've, I said this early when you guys weren't as hot on Justin Herbert as I was with him coming out. Just because I'm an Oregon guy. I've watched him very, very closely for a long time. I felt like Justin Herbert was very, very similar to Josh Allen. And Ooh. I think that what we are seeing is, is that – but he looks better as a rookie than Josh Allen did as a rookie. The growth trajectory that I think that Herbert could be on, yeah, he could absolutely be a top three dynasty quarterback in a couple of years. Like that could easily happen as he continues to develop and learn to read defenses. He can also run. That dude is mobile as a big, like six six quarterback. He's taller than Ben Roethlisberger, which is something that I've been saying on here since the NFL draft. And even if he doesn't get 600 yards, he's going to get six touchdowns, which is arguably more valuable. Absolutely. 450 yards and six touchdowns on the ground, plus what he can do through the air. 
Yeah, like the growth trajectory that he's on, he could easily be a top three dynasty quarterback in a couple years. Definitely could see that for sure. Uh, I'll be interested to see who they bring in to uh, to take over a head coach, but that is a moving target. But we've seen enough, I think, to just say like the upside's massive. All right, we talked about it a bunch. I don't know what else there is to say. I love Russell Wilson. He's great. He oh. deserves to, I think, at some point win an MVP. Will he? I don't know. No. But we've established his one chance, his one opportunity to seize everything he ever wanted in one moment, and he <laughs> didn't capture it. That the team has decided to not let Russ cook. And they will pound the rock and establish living hell out of the run. Um, I don't know what else there is to say. That's why I have him where I have him. It is what it is. Yeah. I think as long as Pete Carroll is the head coach of this football team, as long as they continue to, to try to fit this philosophy to a roster that it is not suited for, they're going to be just good enough to make the playoffs. And then they are going to lose in the playoffs in the first round every year, unless they fire Pete Carroll and bring in a coach that is actually going to allow Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and company to grow and expand. Also, John Schneider needs to give them an effing offensive line, please. For the ah. love of God, it has been six years oh, since you no. traded away Max Unger for Jimmy Graham, and you have not done anything to solidify the offensive line since then. It is uh, an embarrassment, and they are wasting away a potential Hall of Fame quarterback who might not make the Hall of Fame if they continue oh, to go the way. Yeah, he will. Going. He will. I don't know. Maybe not. It's possible he doesn't. If they go right no, back to him not. throwing it for thirty-eight hundred yards next season, here's, with here's the thing. And eight. Here's the good news. Here's yeah, what's going to happen, guys. Early twenty twenty-two prediction. Put it down in your notebooks. The Seahawks go seven and nine in 2021. Pete Carroll gets fired, and the team goes and hires Joe Brady. That's my prediction. Put it down Please, right now. For the love of, okay, bookmark this. That's what you are going through. <laughs> I need that video clip just for my like. I, I need to look forward just to, to know it. that there's better I days ahead. <laughs> I just need that video clip to look forward to. Because uh, oh my gosh, that'd be amazing. Uh, yeah, I mean, good uh, lord. Shout out to Pete Carroll's white New Balances, though. Or is oh, that, whatever he wears. His, his Air Monarch. The sneaker so award goes to. Goes to <laughs> your shirt he is in the mail. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, my God. All right. The, it's nothing against Russ. It's just the offense. Mm-hmm. Number nine, Joe Burrow. 10 for Okada, 8 for me, 11 for Johnny Pooh. And now that I'm talking through this, I feel like I may be a touch too high on Joe Burrow. Mm. And and it's not to say that like you know what is eight versus nine does it really matter maybe not I think he's a middle to back end quarterback one right now and there's a lot of guys in this year that I like Joe Burrow to me was just kind of scratching the surface as yep. far as where he was in developing obviously the injury is massive for his recovery we've talked about that a little bit with just kind of being like I don't know if he's going to start week one or where he'll be at I expect he makes a full recovery but. The other thing that I love about him is that he is tied to Tyler Boyd, slot mm. receiver, savant, good, underrated, and T. Higgins, who we love. So I, I love those two factors. There's a lot that they have to get right, though. The offensive line needs an upgrade. I mean, the running back position doesn't matter for, obviously, real football. But Joe Mixon hasn't been on the field. He's a dynamic pass catcher out of the backfield. Is Are they going to get another wide receiver on the perimeter to take the place of AJ green, who was just dust this year. Like there's a lot to figure out. So that's why I think I'm a little too high on Joe Burrow, but all that being said, 
top quarterback in the draft. We loved him coming out. That's why I'm a little bit higher than I guess you guys are. Your thoughts? Um, yeah, I mean, I like him. I've got him as QB 10 after a half of a rookie season. So, you know, that's pretty good. I also will say I believe in Zach Taylor. I think a lot of people don't. Um, the first season was uh, an, the worst possible team you could ever inherit, not to mention coming off of two decades of the worst possible coaching you could ever inherit. Uh, and this year he lost his franchise quarterback, who was also a rookie, halfway through the season. So it's been really rough for him. I think he still has a good future, which means I think the offense still has a good future, which means I think Joe Burrow still has a good future. All of that is just on top of the fact that Joe Burrow is a very, very good quarterback who we saw be very NFL-ready right out of the gate. So, And I agree with bets on the receivers. I think there's a lot of upside here for Joe Burrow. I will say... I don't know if I ever see him being like number one or number two, but I could see him being like a top six guy consistently for a decade. Well, the thing with that is that to be in those positions, you either have to throw an obscene number of touchdowns. Yes. As we've seen with Mahomes and Rodgers. Or you have to run the football. And I guarantee you this season, he's not going to be running the football the way he could because he's mobile. Like he averaged like almost 30 yards a game at LSU. So we can do it. But when we have this conversation next year, we're going to be talking about, well, what happens, I think, if Joe Burrow actually runs the ball in 2022? Because it's not going to happen this year. So Mm. it might be one of those years where it kind of like doesn't really show his full potential yet. And you can still have a buying opportunity in Dynasty based Mm. off of that fact. So I think maybe this year you kind of let the hype build and like stay hands off. And then like when the season starts, go get him. That's where I'm at with with Joe Burrow. That's that's a really interesting perspective. And I I like that. Um, Thank you. Yeah, that's Got good. I, I like oh, I like good. the thought process. Yeah, yeah. Best friends for life. Love you. Um, Except for your trash deck raking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. Um, yeah, here, the thing with Burrow is that I think that we saw some some very good flashes out of him. Um, some ability, like the toughness was great. Like the toughness was really good. He was a really gritty quarterback. He was very stable emotionally. Like. He looked mm, the part yeah. of a franchise quarterback. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't look short-term like he got rattled. Short-term memory, even with a really, really bad offensive line, which was my biggest concern in the preseason, was that offensive line with that division and all the prowess on the defensive front in that division, I was scared. And it ended up costing him the season. And, and that really, really sucks. I hate to see that. Um, but when he was still in there, he never got faced. Like he would take a sack, he'd bounce right up. He would just be Joe Cool, like he always is, and be like, "Okay, next play." Like we're on to the next. And and that mental maturity from a quarterback is so important to me when you evaluate these guys. And it's a it's a big intangible thing. It's not anything that you can really like quantify or you know, it's not a statistic or anything like that. But he just looks the part of a franchise quarterback. Cincinnati's number one priority. I don't care about anything else. Fix the offensive line. I don't care how bad the defense is. Let it wait. Let it wait another season. But you need to spend everything you have on that offensive line this year. T Higgins, Tyler Boyd, you're fine there. Joe Mixon, you're good. Whatever. Your offense is good enough for another season. The line has to be the first priority so that you don't have a repeat scenario for Joe Burrow. You need to protect him at all costs first and then work on building out your roster around that. 
Uh, how do we get our podcast said to all 32 GMs? Because they clearly hey, need you're the one that works for the NFL. Like, let me know how we do it, and I'll help. Uh, <laughs> that, and also, I, I mean, I don't understand how it's possible that I put that, I put this out on Twitter after the Monday night uh, game with the national championship. How us nerds in our parents' basements yes. can look at the TV and say, "Don't cover that guy with the linebacker. That's not a good idea." That was the worst. <laughs> Yet they're still covering Devonta Smith with a freaking linebacker, and they're covering Jarvis Landry saw, on Sunday Night Football for the Steelers with a linebacker. <laughs> I saw, I saw a tweet. Hold on, I saw a tweet of that Devonte Smith route with the linebacker. I forget who tweeted it, and if you're listening to this, please at me, show me the receipt. I I can't remember. I lost the tweet, but someone tweeted. They're like, the check engine light. <laughs> Came on for my bro at the twenty-five yard line. Yeah. He just started like <laughs> it was so bad. Yeah, he was done. Oh, oh man. my god, that was just right, the fellas. worst coverage decision. Uh, yeah, if someone has any hookups, send our send our show to these guys. Please. All right, number ten, Aaron Rodgers, MVP season, freaking amazing. What a year! Uh, I took the L and I put that out on our show that Okada mm-hmm. did at the end of the season, recapping everything. I said some mean things about this guy. In the summer, I did not want him on my teams. And after about week two or three, I said, oh, crap. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you guys, credit, you know, hats off to you guys. You guys were higher than most on him, and it paid off in a massive way. I've got him at 10. John and Okada, you guys have him at 7 and 8. So you're a little bit higher than me, as you've been. Um, to me, it's just age. 37 mm-hmm. years old, I know that's not the kiss of death. But if you're kind of planning, like, what of these quarterbacks, who can you have on your roster for six, seven, eight years? He doesn't oh, yeah. fit that bill to me, obviously. So that's why I'm at 10. But I mean, not really anything negative to say outside of that. Yeah, like I I just looked at the guys I have ranked ahead of him to see if I could get him up another notch because this still feels too low. And literally every other guy that I have ranked ahead of him is at least, I want to say, 12 years young, 11 years, because I think one of them's 26, 11 years younger than him. He is the first guy in my rankings, and I think all of our rankings is over 30. It's, but listen, this is the best season we've ever seen from him, and he's 37. Look at what Tom Brady's doing right now at 43. That's six years from now. That's twice the window that we care about in Dynasty. Tom Brady is having one of the best stretches of play that he's had. I... I can't get him any higher because of the youth of all these other guys, but I wish I could. And to me, he's in their tier. And in case anyone is concerned about Jordan Love or where this where Aaron Rodgers is going to go when his contract is up, I 99.5% believe this is going to be more likely to be a Brady and Garoppolo type situation where maybe Love gets a chance to show something and then he goes and signs somewhere else. Or maybe he's just not even that good. He doesn't get anything else. But I think Rodgers gets to continue past his current contract and into his early 40s because he is so freaking good, has won an MVP with nothing around him skill position-wise except for Devontae Adams, which, to be fair, is a big something because he's one of the best receivers in the league, but he's only one guy, and is very likely, in my opinion, in fact, will, we will see what happens, going to carry this team to a Super Bowl win. So if that happens, I feel like he earns himself the rest of his career potentially in Green Bay. I really want to get him higher, but I can't. But you should absolutely go buy him if if whoever has him is concerned about his age, like bets. 
I'm in the exact same boat as Okada. He said everything that I want to say. Um, I just think it would abs- be absolutely phenomenal if the Packers managed to draft Amon Ra, Julian, Emotep, St. Brown to go with Equinemius St. Brown and have Hello. Brothers Well, to replace Equinemius St. Brown. His younger brother will just secede him and it'll be like an yeah. A2 Brute kind of moment. It'll be great. Um, but yeah, listen, what Rodgers is doing and what he has going with the system right now with Matt LaFleur, those guys mm. are just like... They're seeing the field the same way. They are understanding coverages the same way. They're dialing up things that Rogers like. There's no tension or animosity. Okada and I said it very, very early in the season. When Aaron Rodgers is smiling on the football field, it is trouble for the rest of the NFL. And he's been smiling all season. He's just thrilled with how this is going and how it's operating and and everything they're dialing up. And he's got his best friend for life, Devon Bay, out on the outside that's posting ridiculous numbers and beating any coverage, no matter who it is. Now, I will say, Devontae Adams versus Jalen Ramsey is going to be a hell of a match this weekend. Um, Very fascinated by that game. I actually think that the Rams are going to win that game. I don't think they're going to win it, but I do think Jalen is going to win against Devontae. I'll put that out. I think they're going to win it. Um, I do. They've wow. got some problems on the offensive line right now. I think the pass rush has been absolutely phenomenal. I think they're going to get to Rodgers. And if you can hold Devontae Adams to being at least average, you've got a chance because they've got no one else. You're saying that Tunyon is going to thrive against the Rams? Hey, 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 hey. But you hate on Bobby T. Uh, 11 touchdowns, Tunyon? Yeah, okay. I will forever I love that man. I know. I, re- love, I love Bob Tunyon. I, I love that. <laughs> the week that Devontae Adams was questionable on that Sunday night football game, or mon- no Monday night football, I was like, "Crap, I got to play Robert Bobby Tunyon. Uh, he's the only player I left on week. Was- I got to pick him up." And I was like, "Who even is this guy?" <laughs> like three in. or four touchdown game, right? Three touchdowns that night. Yeah, I, was like, I yeah, will forever yeah. love you. Um, do you guys think, real quick, just a side note, do you think he's for real, Robert Tunyon? Tunyon? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think he's like legit a top Define for real? 10 producer in fantasy next season? Oh, yeah. I think he is. Probably. Do you know how easy it is to be a top 10 but, tight end in the NFL? Yeah, that's the thing. Like, four okay, top eight, top seven, whatever you want to use. I, I don't think, think he cracks six. the group that matters. Okay. I think he will. See, I do. I think he's top six next season. I'm not going to put him up in that like upper echelon, but he's going to be right in that tier below it where you're going to feel comfortable with him as a plug and play instead of having to stream. That's that's what I got time for next season. We'll talk about him in more detail in a couple weeks. But we're on to number 11, Ryan Tannehill, Mr. Efficiency himself. What is there to say? He doesn't drop back to pass that much, but when he does, it freaking works. And it's thanks (laughs) to the the play-action passing system with Arthur Smith over there in Tennessee, obviously surrounded with Derrick Henry. Tons of talent with A.J. Brown. We'll see what happens with Corey Davis. But regardless, I think this is just who Ryan Tannehill is. He's an efficient quarterback. He's a guy that will have a spike week here and there and, and all of a sudden finish inside the top three at the position. You're like, whoa, that was sweet as my quarterback too on a dynasty roster. Um, and this is just who he is. So I have him at, at I think, 11. Uh, let's see. Okada, you have him at 11 as well. And then, John, you're at 10. So we're all right there. Love Ryan Tannehill. He is what he is, which is good. Yep. I mean, that's, yeah, that's much more to I say. Remember, I remember last Ryan? year we were like, is he... Actually, good. Or like, like, what is this guy? Because it was yeah. a small sample size. 
Well, it was just insane efficiency. We have to remember that everything we knew about him before this was poisoned by Adam Gase. So Adam Gase. That's right. That's right. The Gase. So, yeah. It's a real thing. I swear to God. Listen, uh, Ryan, Ryan Tannehill's vanilla ice cream. He's great. He's good. He's going to get the job done. He's not going to thrill you, but you're not going to be left disappointed. Um, I think he's, he's like cookie dough ice cream where okay. play action is a cookie dough bites. Right, right, because you, really get the little, you get the little nuggets yeah. in there. That are like, that, Ooh. I that like that bite. That bite was phenomenal. You don't get and the rest that of analysis <laughs> on any other Dynasty show. No. I love this. I love this. This is this is what the tweet for this episode is going to be, Bets. <laughs> Brian yes, is. Tannehill is the cookie dough ice cream of fantasy quarterbacks. Facts. 100%. Send, send tweet. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> he's been efficient. He's... He's the perfect quarterback for their system and what they have going. And in last year, they found this recipe and they're like, okay, we're keeping this. Mm-hmm. Like all of this, we're keeping Tannehill, we're keeping Henry, we're like, we're locking up the offensive line. Like we are going to run, this is our system, our bread and butter, how we operate. And he's perfect for that system. Again, like he's he's not going to lose you many weeks. He's not. He's going to be a, a good fantasy quarterback with upside every week. Um, he went on a stretch of like five or six weeks in a row of over 300 yards and three touchdowns or something like that. Like it, it was close. Like don't quote me on those numbers, but he had a really nice stretch there to end the season um, where he was producing just very, very solid and very efficient numbers while Derrick Henry was also on his way to the eighth season in NFL history with 2000 plus rushing yards. True. So, Unreal. That's insane, honestly, and bodes well for Tannehill. It does. Most likely, that will regress a little bit. Even like, let's say Derrick Henry. (laughs) This is a this is an insane sentence. Okay, let's say Derrick Henry regresses by sixty percent to fourteen hundred rushing yards. That is stupid. By by forty (laughs) percent, not sixty, but by forty percent, fourteen hundred rushing yards, which is still an incredible season from a a lead the league. Could still lead the league minus yep. 40% of his output, which is insane. You're looking at Tannehill maybe needing to take on a little bit more responsibility with maybe A.J. Brown continuing to develop with maybe a more involved uh, Johnny Smith if they re-sign him because he's a free agent this offseason. Um, also potentially re signed Corey Davis. Corey Davis could potentially come back, which they declined his option. So now it's like, sorry, we love you, and here's more money. <laughs> um which they can probably get him for not that much money because probably I mean you could probably get him on like what seven mil a year something like mm-hmm. that would probably get it done yeah yeah so yeah I mean it's just this is a perfect ecosystem for Ryan Tannehill that he is thriving in and there's no reason not to have him as a good but not great RB one or quarterback one like that's that's where he fits lovely yep. on to the next. Super efficient play action passer, Baker Mayfield, who we talked about a little bit with the new system there, obviously. And they didn't hide what they want to do, right? Like they said, all right, let's also bring in Kareem Hunt and let's also sign him to an extension. We also have Nick Chubb, best backfield in the NFL as far as a tandem. Let's go ahead and sure up the offensive line. Let's go ahead and make sure we get playmakers for this guy. And as far as a tight end position, they made Austin Hooper the highest paid tight end in the NFL. He's been fine. Uh, but it's good for the offense and it tells you what they want to do and this is the tennessee titans offense 
establish the run with Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, let Baker do what he does best. And we talked about it all offseason. He was the highest graded passer throwing out a play action compared to when he wasn't in the NFL last year. So they said, oh, I know what this guy's really good at. Play action passing. Let's do that. And it works. Oh, so what you're is. saying is that Kevin Stefanski took his system from Minnesota that worked really well for Cousins and yes. made Baker Mayfield the next Cousins. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And this is what I think we're going to see for the next two, three, four years is lots of play action passing. Let Baker be really efficient. And I don't know if this matters or not, but like, let's not forget OBJ isn't on the field. So you can say what you want. Which, an yeah. That's an like, interesting yeah. Better without him. I think yep. I think that's silly because part of that is like, again, weird COVID offseason, getting their kind of chemistry back again, all those sort of things. And then he tears his ACL halfway through the year. So who knows? But regardless, efficiency is great. We love to see it. Still super young. It's good things to say about Baker. Let me ask you guys this question because this is a big deal for me. Do you believe that Baker that there is a tear break before or after Baker Mayfield in your rankings? Before. Yes, before. Agree. Yeah. Okay, we're all on the same page then. That's the big thing for me here. In fact, I think we should all name the next like four or five guys really quick in passing because for me, there is a, a pretty solid tear break before Baker Mayfield, after Ryan Tannehill where everybody else in the next like five guys is a big arms up in the air i don't really feel that confident so and i'm, doesn't necessarily I'm, have I'm not up. looking i'm not looking at the at the graphics so what is it you got kirk cousins probably well my next few guys are tua jalen hurts okay. stafford goff and wentz which is just like Dang. i don't know what's going on yeah. with any of those guys so yeah. But but to me, Baker Mayfield is closer to those guys in tier. In fact, he might even be his own little tier between Tannehill and Tua. He's own this tiny little, yeah. tiny little tier. He <laughs> might be, honestly. But he feels more like a QB2 to me than a QB1, I guess is kind of the, the point here. I think that so, high in QB2. Baker yeah. is that Baker is, to me, I, I kind of agree with what you're saying. His own weird little tier where he's – he is literally the fringe. Yes, the fringe. Between here. quarterback one and quarterback two. He's literally yep. the fringe, the stitching between the two. Yes. Where he could very well elevate his game in his second season under Stefanski into a quarterback one, where he could easily take a step forward next year under that system, more continuity, better understanding of defenses and how to read it and the route combinations and all that stuff. Maybe they bring in another wide receiver um, that's not OBJ where he needs to be fed early and often. Maybe they ship him off for a second or third round draft pick. I, I don't know. It's possible. Um, I think he's in a very interesting little spot. I would love to have Baker as my quarterback two in a super flex league. I would yes. love to have him as my quarterback two. I would not feel comfortable with Baker as being my quarterback one. Agree. 100%. Let's close it out there, guys. That's just like perfect agreement. You love to see it. Uh, fellas, this was fun. Uh, it was much needed, honestly, to get the three of us back together on the show. Listeners, thank God we're back. I mean, hey, like it's just been a weird year. We appreciate you guys sticking through us through the with us in 2020. Um, I'm excited about 2021. Like I said, we'll do our, our dynasty updated rankings. 
next three or four weeks. We'll get into rookie season. We'll probably do some breakdowns on YouTube with some video content as well. Mm. Rookie mock drafts, all sorts of good stuff. So make sure you're hitting subscribe on YouTube, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the show at Pod for Okada, for John. Until next time, Red Richards. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at RedShirtsFFPod and check out BallBlastFootball.com for all things fantasy football.